listening to Aubrey CD Speaks podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share. For more information about this podcast, follow my Instagram account, Aubrey CD Speaks. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. Hello and welcome to Aubrey CD Speaks. This is episode six and Today, I will be encouraging you to speak life, and we're going to be speaking about life. As a matter of fact, we're going to be speaking about Proverbs 18.21, which says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And what that means is you can speak life over yourself in faith, you can speak life over a situation in faith, and you will see the manifestation of it. Or you can speak death over yourself in faith, and you can speak death over a situation in faith, and you will see it manifest. You know, it says how, um, you know, it says in Psalms um, that I will not live, I will not die, but I will live, and I will declare the good works of the Lord. And that's actually a scripture that the Lord gave me when I was pregnant with my firstborn. I would have dreams of, I would have dreams of, of my child dying in my womb, nightmares, these horrible nightmares of my child dying in the womb, or after my child being born, my child would be attacked, or we would be in a car accident, or something dramatic would happen, and my child would die, and I would have to declare over and over again, no, he will live and not die, and declare the good works of the Lord, and that's something that um, that word that I held on to and I continued holding on to whenever a situation would arise and I would speak over that situation and I would say, no, it will live and not die and declare the good works of the Lord. And that's something that my husband and I held on to. We had testimony of how that word produced life and we spoke it in faith and we saw it manifest and produce in faith. And it was amazing to see life come from it. And I would actually uh, be attacked uh, a few other times with my pregnancies. And um, each time, I'll tell you one situation, uh, one particular dream that happened over and over and over again whenever I was pregnant. And I always knew for sure I was pregnant because I would have this particular dream. And in the dream, uh, I would be holding my child. Uh, whether the child was a girl or a boy wasn't specific in the dream. But I would be holding my child, and this large spider would come after us. And my first initial thing was to run from it. And so I would, I would run, I would try to hide, I would try to hide my child. And it didn't just want to kill me, it wanted to kill my baby. And each and every time, the spider was the same spider. Large large spider. But each and every time I would eventually conquer it, uh, smash it or um, yell at it and it would finally go away. But this was an ongoing dream with my pregnancies. And, e- and even even in one, it succeeded in, in getting me. And quite honestly, that, that was a miscarriage. And um, it was a heartbreaking moment for me to see uh, a dream where I am warring and fighting. And 
I knew it was something in particular. I just didn't know what it was, and I didn't understand it. And I would even tell my husband about it, and I, he would always ask me, where was I in the dream? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just would always just handle it. I, I don't know where you were in the dream. Uh, you were never in the dream. And it didn't. It was until um, our third child. I was pregnant with our third child, and when I was pregnant with our third child, um, in that time period, for I say maybe, uh, let's see, he was born in 2016. For about two years, my um, my pastor, my pastor's wife, she would give teachings on. Um, the family dynamic and how there had to be order in the home and how it's a blessing when the wife submits to the husband as she does to the Lord and the blessings that come and the benefits that come from it and how when she gives over to her husband the things that are for her husband to take care of and she tells her husband, I trust you, and I trust you in these situations. I trust you to make these big decisions. We're a team, but I'm going to lean on you, and I'm going to let you uh, take over the things that God has called you to take over, and I'm going to take care of the things that I need to take care of, and we as a team are going to see this marriage and this family succeed. When I do that, I'm going to reap the benefits and the blessings of doing so of putting the house in order. And the Lord had been talking to me about putting my house in order. Well, there were spiritual things that I needed him to take care of instead of me just taking care of it and handling it since I'm, since I'm here anyway, I might as well. And when I handed those things over to him, there was suddenly a peace that was coming upon my life. And suddenly I was able to do, there were certain things I was able to do. There were, there were places that I was more aware of, more open to spiritually. I was going deeper with the Lord and further with the Lord and deeper into his presence because I was putting my house in order the way it needed to be, not just physically, not just mentally, but spiritually. And when I was pregnant with my third child, that dream happened where the spider was there and he wanted to kill me, and he would speak, and he would say, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill your child. They will not be born. You will not live. And in that dream, I felt the Spirit of God rise up in me. And I, I oddly enough, I, I was always, in every dream, I was always standing on this wooden porch that had a screen door behind me. And the, the main door was open, but the screen door was always shut. Well, in, the, in this moment, in this dream with my third child, Spirit of God rose up in me, and I, I turned my head, and I yelled toward the screen door, Hey, Kenneth, come here. And my husband came out of the, this wooden house and through the screen door, and he saw the spider. And he immediately went for it and smashed it. And it was dead. It was so fearful of my husband it, it just stood in fear and didn't even move, didn't even try to resist. And he just went right up to it and smashed it and killed it and it was gone. And I woke up. And the moment I woke up, the Lord spoke to me and he said, your house is in order. And I thought, well, that's what I needed to do the whole time. I just needed to give it over to him. Wow. 
all these fights that I had been fighting. I didn't even have to fight. I just had to give it over to my husband. And there was so much joy and freedom in that one moment of revelation that um, I thought, you know, if this is what it means to have my home in order, I'm going to continue doing this. And there was such a bliss. Honestly, it was a bliss. There was such a bliss from that situation and handing that over to my husband and watching these this this spiritual fight going on you know we we the bible says we wrestle not with flesh and blood but it's in the spirit and watching how when i handed this thing over to my husband the things that needed to be handed over to him when it comes to the family, when it comes to the home, my husband is the head of the house. And so they, those things need to be handed over to him because he's got it covered. And when I would hand those things over to him, I would see them tremble in fear and then be destroyed instantly. And in future dreams where things like that happened, it always would be frozen in fear. And my husband would always, I, I would just have to call his name and he would come out and destroy and those things would be taken care of. I never had to tell him what it was. He always knew what it was. And this is where we really, really, really learned about speaking life and speaking the word and watching, yielding to the Holy Spirit. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit, the spirit man comes out and he rises up and he just takes over. And, and you watch things. You watch the things of the enemy completely frozen in fear and destroyed. Well, when I became pregnant with my fourth child, very unexpectedly, the most wonderful thing of it all was I didn't have that dream. That spider dream never happened. It didn't need to. My husband had it covered. Our child was due. His due date was in August, mid-August. And soon after knowing I was pregnant and having my first, second appointment, verifying the due date, my husband, in his loving and gentle way, and in a certain way that I knew it meant he heard Holy Spirit, and he knew, <laughs> he knew that what he was going to tell me was something that at first I was going to not be mad about, but kind of go, what? To, but I knew it would be the Lord. And he would simply, with a gentle hand and a gentle voice, he, he, he said, don't be mad. Don't be upset if this baby's born in July. And I turned him and looked at him. I said, no, honey, no. No, that's too early. He has to be born in August. He's due in August. July is too early. He would be too early. No, no, we, uh, no, we need to believe in uh, 40 weeks. Let's do 40 weeks. I, I usually hit 39. Let's do 40. This is my last. And he goes, uh, okay, but I I'm just letting you know. Don't be upset if he's born in July. Well, I could tell that what he was telling me was a God word. It, it was prophetic. He just rolls that way. And I know him enough and I recognize it enough to know that's not just him speaking. And so for the next several months, the Lord and I, <laughs> the Lord and I had talks. And I would, I would ask him, why, why July? 
You know, what, what, what is it about July? What is it about him being early? Why are we doing this one early? What's, what's going on here? But each and every time I would say, but you know, but you know, whatever you want. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, it bothers me. It does bother me if he's born in July. Oh, that, that does bother me. Please help me. And I saw other people as time went by and I got closer and closer. As a matter of fact, I was in my third trimester when the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, I was at an appointment. And at the appointment, my midwife measured my stomach, you know, the fundal height. And she was concerned about how big the number was compared to how far I am along in my pregnancy. And my, my babies tend to be a, a little big, but this was a difference. She said, you know, I want to get a sonogram to see if maybe the due date's wrong or, you know, just to check and see what's going on. And maybe, maybe this baby's a little bit earlier than we thought, we predicted. And then I woke up, and I thought, well, that, that, that's weird. Well, I have a, an appointment in a few weeks. Well, I, uh, I went to my appointment, and during that appointment, I just so happened to have the midwife that was in my dream. Shout out to God Dreams. I mean, they are amazing uh, the Lord knows what he's doing. He knows what exactly what you need to know, exactly what you need to hear. And and he just gave me my dream manifested in real life. And she said the exact things that she said in the dream. And so I said, okay, let's do that. And I scheduled a sonogram uh, for the, f- the 13th of July. Um early, uh, late, af- late, late morning, late morning, 13th of July. And um, everything seemed okay. Well, in those few weeks, in those couple of weeks, I had grown, my, my stomach had grown exponentially. And I didn't even realize how much it had grown. Uh, I just knew I was pretty doggone big. And people were, people have always asked me on my third trimester if I'm pregnant with twins. But people were really asking me, are you sure <laughs> that there aren't twins on there? And I'm like, you know, I'm I'm big, but come on. But my my ankle started to swell, which was not normal for me. My feet were swollen, which was not normal for me. My calves. It was just it, really strange. And um the the week of my appointment, there was this really big bad storm. And um I had told my mid- midwife about this. And like two days before my appointment, there was a really bad storm, and I started having contractions. And they were on, you know, it wasn't Braxton Hicks. They were actually minutes apart, and they stayed that way consistently. But once the storm left, my contractions started leaving as well. And it wasn't one of those quick storms. It was it was a long storm, you know, very heavy long storm. So I was kind of concerned about this. Um, and when I had talked to the midwife about it, it was another reason why she was concerned. And she said, let's, let's take a look. Let's see what's going on. So on the 13th of July, I went in for my sonogram. They did my blood pressure. And my blood pressure was sky- 
sky high, which I wasn't feeling that at all. And I told them so. So they said, okay, well, let's uh, do the sonogram, let you calm down. You were a little late for certain reasons. I won't go into all of that. And uh, we'll see what it is after your sonogram, after you've been able to rest. In the sonogram, it showed that I had way too much amniotic fluid than I should. And right there on the spot, and uh, she began checking the baby. Because um, there are certain, certain things that if you have a lot of amniotic fluid, it can be because of um, telltale reason, you know, telltale signs of there's a problem with the baby. But my baby was fine. He was swallowing the way he was supposed to. He was doing everything. His organs were just fine. Everything was good. His heart was good. But I still had too much. And I did mention that I had had contractions. Well, and right there on the spot, she diagnosed me with what they call ooh, polyhydraminos, I think is how you say it. But everybody shortened it to poly. And uh, I'm like, oh, what, what does that mean? What, you know, what are you saying? And it wasn't a mild form because it came so suddenly and out of the blue, it was more of a moderate to severe poly. Well, they checked my blood pressure again and it was still high. It wasn't as high, but it was still high. You can imagine after getting this kind of diagnosis, my stress level is probably hitting the roof. And I'm trying to calm down because I'm like, no, this is preposterous. This is ridiculous. I, I don't have poly. I don't even know what poly is. I didn't, you know, I found out later that it only hits about 1% of pregnant women. So it's not very common. But I'm like, I don't have poly. This is ridiculous. I don't have high blood pressure. This is ridiculous. My blood pressure has always been good. Well, needless to say, they ended up keeping me in the hospital because even though my blood pressure was high, I wasn't feeling the symptoms of it. And I was having contractions here and there, not strong ones, but little ones. And the m I move, I have contractions for a while. And they were concerned about that because um, one of the concerns with poly is a placenta abruption. And you can, your waters can break suddenly and that umbilical cord can end up flowing with the, the waters and it can cause a kink and the and the placent and the uh, uh, cord, which would keep the blood and oxygen from flowing to the baby and can cause damage to the baby or even kill the baby. And they were concerned about that, especially since my first two pregnancies, my water broke before the serious uh, labor started. Um, and since I wasn't really feeling my contractions that I was having, and they were, you know, nice little peaks, and I wasn't feeling it. They were concerned. And uh, and uh, to put everything on top of that, I was showing blood, a protein in my urine. Um, but they wanted to see how bad it was. They only did an hour sample. So they said, you know what, let's observe you for 24 hours, and I could let you go home. But with everything that you're showing us right now, I'm concerned with letting you go home 
and then come back. So we're going to keep you here and we're going to set up a room for you and we're going to see what happens in 24 hours, what everything shows us, and then we'll decide whether or not you can go home and you'll just come here, you know, often and we'll just keep checking on you and baby, maybe induce you a little bit early. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, Lord, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. The, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm not sick. I don't have high blood pressure. This is absolutely ridiculous. This came so left field. I am not okay with this. And at the same time, I was really concerned because suddenly I'm going to be here for 24 to 48 hours. My My little ones were not prepared. The last thing I told them was... Mommy's going to be right back. It's going to be really quick. It's going to be no problem. You'll see mommy around lunchtime. So I I didn't really expect this. This was completely, I'm, I'm telling you, it was completely left field. And um, I'm like, I, I can't understand this. My blood pressure was great. My last appointment, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Lord, you're going to have to help me because I'm completely not prepared for this. After 24 to 48 hours, sure enough, I had proteins in my urine. I So diagnosed me with preeclampsia. I was having contractions all the time. The baby seemed to be fine. Um, he slept a lot, but he seemed to be fine. He moved when he needed to. But um, I, I was also on um, an unspoken bed rest because every time I would get up and do things, I would come back, they would check my blood pressure, and it would be way too high. But I wasn't showing signs of it. I felt fine. I had all this time to myself, which for the past seven years I hadn't had time to myself. I always had some child waking me up in the middle of the night or... or um, or an early uh, arising because the sun's awake, mommy. The sky's awake. That means we get to have cereal. And so, and so suddenly I had all this time on my hands. My husband had to work. And I really encouraged him to spend as much time as he could with the kids. I was fine. I was okay. I was here. And it gave me an opportunity to pray. I really, really, really wanted time to pray. Time to get with the Lord, time to talk with him, time to read his word, time to really find out what, what was going on and, um, and to just meditate on, on, his on the word, just have his presence in the room. Even though I was interrupted every three hours, I just wanted that time and all that chaos. When I would talk to the Lord, the thing that he would tell me was, it's okay. Trust me. I got this. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. And he would tell me that every time when something else would arise in all this, Lord, Lord, what, what is this? What's going on? And he would say, it's okay. Don't be worried. I got this. Don't be afraid. Just trust me. And I would, okay, I would say, okay, and I would yield to him and submit to his, his power and his direction because no matter what chaos was going around, no matter what tribulation was going around, no matter what this and that they were saying over me, they were saying over my child, no weapon formed against me was going to prosper and everything that the enemy was doing 
It was going to be turned around for the good. And the, the Lord kept telling me, I got this. I got this. I got this. Don't be afraid. Trust me. I got this. So I did that. And I would just be in peace. And I would enjoy his presence. And I would enjoy hearing the word. And I would listen to my pastor's podcast, Revival and Souls, on iTunes. And I would listen to Pastor Rod Parsley on iTunes. And I would get such a feeding of, of the word. And, and my spirit would just be filled. So I got admitted on Friday. On Wednesday morning, I woke up early Wednesday morning. And I sat in my bed after getting up and opening my curtains. I sat in the bed, took a deep breath, and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, what do we have for today? What shall we do today? And I heard him say, how about we have a baby? I smiled and I said, all right, let's do that. Shortly after, my the specialist team came in and uh, I gave them a big smile because I just knew what they were going to say. The Lord had already prepared me for it. I had a piece on it. And um, they said, hey, you look like you know what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and I said, I do know what you're going to tell me. And yes, yes, today's a good day. And he said, all right, so let's have a baby. And I said, okay, what, what do we need to do? What, what do I need to prepare for? The only request I have is I need to call my husband and I want my husband to be here before we start all of that. And he goes, that's fine. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to do a few more rounds before we start all this. So why don't you go ahead, call everybody that you need to call and let your husband know and, and we'll get this started. And I'll come in and I'll check on you and I'll check and see if husband's here and then we'll get, we'll get stuff going. And I said, okay, let's do this. And somewhere around nine in the morning, I knew my husband would be on break. And I called my husband and, uh, and I said, hey, um, they told me that today's the day we're going to induce. And he said, he laughed and he said, oh, well, that's great. The Lord told me to, uh, to go ahead and get off work and, and, and drive to the hospital. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, the Lord told me. And he goes, I'm already on my way here. I'm almost there. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so, I mean, the Lord knows what he's doing. He's got everything covered. You know, you don't have to freak out. And you feel like you need to freak out, but you really don't have to. We had a few more surprises in the middle of labor, laboring that were completely unexpected and were really touch and go. And it had to do with Gideon. And those in that moment would scare me. But um, the Lord just kept saying, trust me, I got this. And I kept trusting him. And finally, he was born. And he was beautiful. And for 35 weeks, <laughs> he was a big guy. But they say with Polly, it, it makes babies big. But I already had a feeling he would be big. He was beautiful. But they had to take him off of me because he wasn't responding and breathing right. And you know, sometimes when those situations arise, which you never expect, you don't know quite what you're going to do. And there I was, 
just given birth. My my midwife, who, and she was fantastic. And she was trying to keep me distracted by telling me things that she was going to be doing as she was taking care of me while the nurses were huddled and other nurses were being called and surrounding my child, his bed, and saying, he's not responding, he's not responding, doing tests, watching his little arm just go limp and his leg just go limp. And they were picking up his head way back and his face just different not moving his eyes not moving he wasn't screaming and they were working on him his little body and in that moment everything went slow it was almost like i was watching through a glass window and for a second i was so disconnected from that situation and i was asking myself why don't i feel panic why don't i feel fear why am i not why is there not this feeling of what's going on with my baby and then the Holy Spirit came in and he said, don't worry, I got this. Trust me, don't be afraid. And then just a second later, my husband rose up. He was over there by the bed watching them. Because, you know, as soon as my our babies are born, he's with them. And I saw him rise up and he, he shouted, Gideon, you will live and not die. Declare the good works of the Lord. And then suddenly... Suddenly, you see Gideon's chest expand, and he yells out this huge cry, and everything went back to normal. Suddenly, I wasn't behind a glass door. Things were moving the way it was supposed to. There were moments when his cry would still get a little weak, and I heard get Kenneth talking to Gideon. And Gideon, even though they were still working on him and they were really concerned and they were getting a special incubating uh, bassinet for him so that it, it would it had something to help him breathe because his breathing was still strange and shallow. He pushed his head back and he looked at his dad with these large eyes and Kenneth was telling him, Daddy's here. You're going to be okay, buddy. Daddy's here. And Kenneth would just talk to him and Gideon would just listen. And everybody... All the nurses were in there who were completely dumbfounded. And I spent the day speaking life over myself, speaking life over my little guy, and just being amazed by God and amazed at how, in that moment, the spirit of my husband, the spirit man inside my husband, rose up. And I saw life happen before my eyes. As time went by, he had certain goals. Gideon had certain goals. And they weren't sure if he was going to be off the breathing tube for, you know, it could be days, a week. Kenneth declared, no, he's going to be off within 10, 24 hours. And he was. He was off within 24 hours. And his time in the NICU, they said because it, was, it wasn't just that, it was other things. And then he would have to eat right and learn to eat, and that could take weeks. And Kenneth was like, no, no, he's going to be out soon. He spent a total of... I want to say two weeks in the NICU. Time went by so fast. It was so crazy. There was so many other things going on. The time went by so fast and he was out sooner than they even expected. They were so surprised. They were so shocked at how well he did. And the more we would go, the better he would get. And the more we visited, the better he, the more he thrived. And we would just pray over him and declare over him each and every time and he would just thrive and he would do further and he would do greater than they thought that he would do and he would hit every goal way before they thought and this little man became a year old yesterday and he's completely 
he's he's testimony of the goodness of God and how speaking life produces life. You speak it in faith and it produces life and it manifests life. And it's so amazing to see that because I've seen the other way around where somebody spoke death over themselves for years and said, I'm, I'm not going to live past 65. And they spoke death and they spoke death and they spoke death. And suddenly they ended up with a brain tumor and they died shortly after their birthday. And what they kept saying for years happened right before our eyes. And he spoke it in faith. He believed that word and he spoke it. And he saw death. And we saw death. And we had to experience the death that he believed in that didn't have to happen. And it was horrible and it was grotesque and it did not have to be that way. But while I was in that hospital, the Lord told me something that astounded me. Because, it, like I said, just as you can speak life, you can speak death. It's what Proverbs 18.21 says. And he told me something about the situation that I didn't know of beforehand. And he said, little one, there are those that are speaking death over your pastors and over your church. And just as blessings come, those that speak death, it trickles. And they want you dead. They want the pastors dead. They want death over the church. They want destruction. You submit under pastors Cletus and Lady Nicole Adrian of Deliverance Bible Church. And as they speak death over them and destruction over them, they speak death and destruction over you. And life came where death was spoken. Because just as it says in Isaiah 54, that though he created the blacksmith to create weapons, no weapon formed against you prospers. And that's a promise over the children of God, over the sons and daughters of God. Those situations occur. It does not mean that those weapons that are coming against you will prosper. Psalm 91 says that a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 may fall at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Psalm 91 also talks about how no plague shall come near my tent. That even though those around you are destroyed and they take the fall because of the weapons that were coming against them, it doesn't have to come to you. If you speak life over yourself, if you speak life over your situation, my brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are going through a moment of tribulation, of sorrow, of trial, of pain, you don't know why. Do not give in to it. Do not rely on it. Do not say, well, I guess I have to deal with it. No, speak life to it in faith. Declare the word of God over it. Know that those times of prayer and reading your word has been stored up in your spirit, man, and it can arise and come out. And you speak life. When you yield to Holy Spirit, when you submit and yield to the word of God, you can say what you see, what you believe, what you have faith for, and it will manifest and it will produce. The Lord has given his sons and daughters back dominion on this earth. We do not have to say okay to destruction. We do not have to submit 
to the will of the enemy, we have dominion once again. He is just the accuser. He is just looking where he can kill, still, and destroy. He is like a roaring lion. It doesn't mean he is. He tries to destroy, but it doesn't mean you have to allow it. So speak life over yourself. Speak life over your children. Speak life over your situation if you're going through one right now. Whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's suicide, whether it's just a really bad day, whether it's a lot of stress, whether it's a situation like mine, speak life over it and watch it manifest and produce and do it in faith. If you are a son or daughter of God, the power of God is within you. You don't have to submit to whatever anyone else says. You submit to the word of God. You submit to and yield to his, his power and authority that he's given to you through the spirit. You will see it form, you will see it manifest, and you will see it produce. Do not submit to the weapons that others have spoken against you. Let them fall to the ground and let them see victory. You have victory in Christ. You are more than a conqueror. Watch life form. Speak life. Don't speak death over yourself. Don't speak death over your situation. Have the fruit of life. Have the, thru- the fruit of joy and peace. Submit to the Lord. Don't go into him and ask him why. Go to him, what's going on? What do I need to do? How are you going to get victory out of this? And he's going to tell you, don't worry. I got this. Just trust me. And do it. And you will see the glory of God. I'm going to end this episode with this. If you've been listening to this podcast or other podcasts and you realize that you are not born again, that the the spirit of God is not within you, know that today is a perfect day for salvation. Know that no what n- nothing that you've done, whether it doesn't matter if you've been living your life pretending to be a Christian and you're not, and you've been fooling everyone and lying to everyone, and it doesn't matter what position you hold in, in, in your church or what anybody else, y- you've, you've led anyone else to believe. If you realize you are not born again, nothing that you have done is too much for the blood of Christ to cover. Talk to him today. Be honest and humble and repent of your sin. Turn to Jesus. Have faith in his word that it says that he will answer your cry of repentance. But you must be humble. You must be willing to allow him to do whatever he wants to do. And let him change your heart. Forget all that was before and look forward to Christ. And watch him change you. And watch him breathe life into you. Your life will never be the same. But today is a good day. Don't wait till tomorrow. Repent of your sin. Cry out to Jesus. He's the only way to the Father. There is no other way to God, to salvation, to heaven, but through Jesus Christ. He bled for you. He took the blows for you. He suffered the consequences of sin for you. Believe on him and receive his gift of life today. Be blessed.